Hi guys and welcome back to another episode with the Nursing Handover podcast with your tantalizing trio. You have me, Jerry, the lovely Diane and lovely Clarissa. How are you guys doing? All good, thank you. How are you girls? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just plodding along as always. <laughs> Diane, you look happy and all sorts to be free from uni. Trust me. It is so nice not to look at a laptop longer than your working day. It's heaven. <laughs> heaven. Boy, I can only imagine because Lord knows once five o'clock hits, my laptop is shut. I'm uh, learning that. Uh-huh. I'm learning to stop at five and go home. Mm, it's hard though. It's hard because you do you want to do as much as you can. Mm. That's it. But these are these are times I'm not getting paid for. So Unless it's something important, it's going to have to wait till tomorrow morning. This is it, yeah. Yeah. How have your weeks been? And enjoying the weather? Yeah, so we went to a gender reveal yesterday. Um, lovely. And that was lovely. I mean, it was really sweet. Um, she, I think everyone was team girl. And then all the boys were team boys. Aww. and um it was a boy but uh, lovely i'm really happy for them so that was my highlight of the week lovely dd my, my me, me 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 um do you know what seeing people outside enjoying their life has been amazing do you not find that we're more broke now like last year we enjoyed somewhat saving sis <laughs> <laughs> guys yeah, yeah? If you see my account, we don't look. <laughs> I don't look because when I looked on Friday and I was buying a drink, I said, Yeah, Diane, you've done a lot this month. I was like, we're not even in double digits of June yet, and your account looks this like this. This is it. We're still in single figures. Yeah. And we have enjoyed and Too done much. the most. That's it. I keep thinking, Dan, who do you think you are? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know? I mean, like, hold tight the person who won the year a million. UK ticket holder. Swing me some money over here, please. Because if needed. Of course. And then we can all enjoy summer properly. Wait, 111 million. Please. That's what even you a thousand do with that money? Else. Jean, there's a lot that can be done with that money. A lot. <laughs> don't let me start reading. Don't, don't let me give you the list, but there's a lot we can do with that money. I hear oh, that. Wow. I hear that. How would you guys feel if you guys won the lottery? Like, who would you tell, or how would you even react? I can't lie, I don't know because I hear people go crazy. That people, people go, blah, blah. Geraldine, why are you stuttering? <laughs> I hear that people go crazy and do I'll, the most outrageous things, and I feel I'll like go, that would I'll be me. I'll go to bed first. I'll do you know, saying that though. Mm. New Year's Eve, I I played the lottery. And yeah. they sent me an email saying, you have won. Um, please check your account to find out your winnings. And then I went to check it and it was like, oh, the website's currently down. Oh, my so God. That all night long, I'm sitting there thinking, what if I've won, like, <laughs> the, the big digits? <laughs> my life is about to change. <laughs> I may never have to work a day again. <laughs> And then two days later, when I could finally go into it, guess how much I'd won? What, two by 50? No. Tell her. No. Less. Five. More than, than, what did you say, Clarissa? Five pounds. Yes. All that excitement. Bless you. That's heartbreaking. My anxiety will be shooting through the roof if I received that. Just to see five pounds, though, that would be gut-wrenching. That would really upset me. On New Year's Eve. Oh. <laughs> Your heart will be racing. Just when you the end of a new year, like, loaded. This, this is, is it. Literally. But no, I can't lie. If I won the lottery, I'd probably keep it as quiet as possible, but you'll see me doing randomly lavish things and think, <laughs> where has she, where has all this come from? No. I think I would, I would sleep first. Like, knowing I've won, I would go to bed first and sleep. Mm-hmm. And wake up and look again just to be sure that it's actually happened. Um, I would definitely remain anonymous. I wouldn't want anyone to know I've won. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think yeah. if I told my family, it would be my immediate family, and I'd make them sign a disclaimer, like in a lawyer's office, that you can never tell anyone that I won. Oh, yeah, because I can't lie. That's when people get greedy. Yeah, and I'd be like, this is like a disclaimer. You can never tell anybody it's me that won. You, you're going to benefit from it, but no. People don't need to know. No, definitely not. And I think I can't lie, I think I will change people's lives that deserve it. Would you give That's to charity? No. No, I will start my own. Fair. I hear that. Yeah. I've, I, I, I don't know. Charities to me are big businesses already. Yeah. And I feel like if we wanted to end poverty, we could. And we don't because it's a social construct. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, how many people in this world, why do they put adverts on TV for us who work so hard and are taxed ridiculously to give money? When you've got people earning fifty thousand pounds a week, they can give money. Sorry, thank you. That's very exactly. true. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be donating percentages to charities, and and making sure that they eradicate poverty as an ethos of theirs, as as being millionaires. Mm. But you still, but you take from us who are trying to get to that point. No, it's not fair. Very true, Clarissa. What would you do if you won? I think I would have a heart attack there and then. I, I don't think, like, literally, I don't think I'd be able to cope. I, I think I would go nuts. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I think I would, I wouldn't know what to do. I really wouldn't know what to do. I think I would not have to go into work for like two days just to get my head around it. Would you call in sick? I, what would you I, tell yeah, them? I would. I'll call in sick. I'd just say I'm sick because I physically will probably feel sick because... Fair what am I going to do like I think it's just getting my head around it but the initial reaction I would be so shocked I wouldn't mm. believe it I'll be in denial that's it I'll be in denial I hear my that quest- my question is though for both of you is would you leave nursing <sighs> for a I bit can't... maybe I can't <laughs> lie we already know how I am with bank and it's not because <laughs> like whether I need the money or not it's not the question but how much I enjoy the job I'd probably, if anything, cut down to like one shift a week. Yeah. Or do yeah. the absolute minimum. Yeah. So that one, I could still have a pension. Not that it would matter if I won the lottery, but yeah. just to keep certain things rolling. Mm. I hear you. Mm. But I can't lie. I don't want to come off the register and have to wait. That's like, obviously, yeah. I wouldn't need to work, but that whole process of coming back to rejoin the register sounds long. For real, that is so true. So if I could do whatever to just keep my keep it, yeah, keep it. it up and do what I need to do, I'm not complaining. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do part time. Yeah, I'll do mm. part time. But the thing is, I think someone would have to talk to me about it because I'll probably be like, "Yeah, no more nursing. I'm not have to work anymore." <laughs> I think that would be my initial reaction, and then I would need someone to bring me down to help and be like, "Clarissa, no, I need to do part time." Then I'll be like, "Okay, yay, part time." You know, I'll be. Oh God, I don't. I, I can't even imagine. Would oh, you leave nursing, Dan? Do you know what? Yes and no, because I feel like as a nurse, you're always a nurse. It never stops. You never mm. stop being a nurse right. even when you're not there. Um, and I think I would use my nursing skills to do things like in my home country or even here. Yeah, I, I'd want to use it. So I kind of feel like maybe I wouldn't be. I like to run the agency and do it when I want to. Yeah. So again, like, to keep your registration open. Yeah, like, or just because I miss it. Like, I miss being around the babies and the families. So I'll go and do like, one bank shift in Skaboo. Yeah. Fair. But I'll do bank, not part-time. Good well, point. Either, you get more money. Yeah, either way, it's still going to count to your hours. If we're thinking about revalidation and all of that jazz. Yeah, I think I do bank and I think I give that money away, like... If I know I've got 111 million in the bank, I don't need the bank money. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather save it and donate it to someone, to a family that is in need or for resources or donate it to a unit or unit. So I'd, I'd give it away. I won't keep it. Mm. Would you? Mm. But I've got 111 million in the bank. Money to keep the bank money for. That's, I thought I'd be being greedy almost. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Well, I mean, how true. much are we talking though? How much would you be giving away? What, like how much money would I give away? Yeah. Well, if I'm doing, let's say I'm doing two bank shifts a week, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, so that's about four, what, eight shifts? Two, four, yeah. 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 
That's about, what, I don't know, what, a grand? 24 shifts. It's a good amount. Would you actually give it away? I can't lie. I probably wouldn't. Just keeping it 100. Or give it away? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably, like, save it and do... You have have 111 million. No, I know, because, like, money would be disposable then. However, Mm -hmm. this is where the craziness starts. Because, you know, you'll somehow see me now sipping on a yacht, having afternoon tea (laughs) at random. And all of that, like, living that sort of lifestyle, the money will go. But then you... I want to say I'd like to put it into something that would generate, like, generational wealth. Yeah. Yes. And as much as I want to say I'm going to buy properties, I probably would, but I have... I don't have that sort of interest. I mean, it's not a bad person, but, like... No, it's true, though. That's your reality, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd do it because I think it's right. Whether I actually want to do it is another question. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. I think I'd get a driver... Imagine I've been driven to work. Drive my G wagon for me. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> when a night shift's done, I literally be like, Enzo, yeah, I'm done. All right, twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just go downstairs to AMT, get my chai latte of oat milk, go to M and S, get my pesty piglets. Then Enzo buzzes me. I'm in the car park. Cool. Lovely. Lovely. Let's get in the car. Sleep on the drive back to Emerson Park in Hornchurch. The gates will o- <laughs> the gates will open. <laughs> Gates were open, get out of the house, Enzo's parking the car, I don't worry about that. Open the door, my walking wardrobe, everything's there, breakfast is ready. I might have one somebody there making food. Sit down, eat, go and shower and sleep. I'm with Diane on this one. That mm-hmm. sounds lovely to be honest. I can't lie though, I have another question for you. This is kind of off topic. Um, how do you guys feel about getting a cleaner? Yeah, yes. I would. Like, not just because you won a hundred. Like generally, yeah. In general, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I can't lie. I'm thinking about it. Like, yes. life is long. I think you should. Yeah, we work hard. Why not? Yeah, we work yeah. hard. I can't lie to you. I f- I feel like that's something that is now becoming very normal in households. Um, mm. and, and I kind of feel like yeah, I would invest in one. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I like doing laundry, but I don't mind you cleaning my house. Yeah, come and clean the house. I don't mind. Yeah. Because like I've been thinking about it and I'm just like, like you said, we work very hard and these would be the things that, for example, if we were doing shifts, back-to-back shifts, I don't have the time to do it. I'm not saying I'm going to leave my house in a mess, but you know, like the proper spring cleaning and stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't have the time to do it. And I can't lie, I don't want to waste my annual leave doing it. No. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So I if know. I can afford to have someone else come in twice a week or tw- no, every two yeah. weeks. Yeah. And do like a proper just around. We need to normalize luxury in our lives. We work too hard. Yeah. Way Go for it. too hard. Go for it, girl. Watch this space, guys. You might guys, hear about my cleaner sooner or cleaner, cleaner, cleaner coming to Gigi's yard. <laughs> Needs to be, be done. She'll be like, guys, nah, we can't record now. The cleaner's here. imagine no that that would not happen recording over many things wow but But it saves you a lot it will save you a lot of time and a lot of headache as well Mm. to get one so i think it's a good investment and like diane said i think more and more people are more open to it because of the lives we live Mm. yeah and it's not just and it's not just because of like luxurious living just our normal day-to-day lives are very stressful yeah that you know you may not you just may not have the time to do it or do it to its full capacity definitely for sure why not but Mm -hmm. but, um talking about the lottery and about money this week's topic is about money but not in money, that way money. exactly <laughs> and we love money and the nhs needs a lot of money that we don't mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. But Say that again. We, are t- we are talking about funding in the community yeah, yeah. 
And as we all know, we all know under the conservative government, there has been loads of cuts within the community. And we're just going to have a conversation to discuss just to see how much it has impacted on our nursing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not just the specific nursing, as in nursing, well, community nursing as a whole, really, and including all the community services. So right from sexual health to like home treatments and things like that. Mm-hmm. because I don't know about you guys but I can see it within like my own work team funding is a big issue and the care that we're delivering has been cut by funding but you're still trying to give your A1 care somehow mm. and go above and beyond for your patients service users clients whatever you want to call your patients it's hard though because how can how can you provide a service without the necessary funding for um the staff mm. uh the equipment it just it, the equation doesn't make sense make it make sense <laughs> this is it you know I and agree. Uh, and like the staffing numbers as well you know if you're going to cut wages and if you're going to cut the numbers the NHS is naturally going to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. The ratio, the staff per patient ratio is not going to be healthy. No, let yeah. alone, we're not going to be able to provide that top quality service. No. And just, go on. Now, I was going to just add that we pride ourselves on offering like one of the best healthcare systems in the world. But yeah, we don't know, we're not nurturing it. We no. seem to be like tearing bits of pieces of paper off in that paper you tear it around the edge and the more you tear the, the paper is shrinking exactly but, but, but you think I'll just tear a bit I'll just take a bit off but every time you tear a bit part of the service starts to suffer mm-hmm. and yeah. the problem is is it's not just the staff that suffer but it's the clients who are seeking the service that suffer yeah Amen. um yeah. and yeah we're digging a very deep hole and I don't know who's trying to get us out of it yeah following what Diane and Clarissa are saying like even looking within like my school nursing team, each nurse has ten schools. That's a lot uh, of kids. And like within your ten schools, you have you know your safeguarding, your mainstreams, the different, the different bubbles. That's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I'm not out here saying I'm lazy and I don't want to work. I will work, but the magnitude of what we're doing is burning people out quicker. Mm. Like my reason for coming to the community was for somewhat a better life but if I'm honest am I actually achieving it with the amount of paperwork I'm doing yeah Mm. because if you think about it from like ward work and stuff like that once you leave you're done yeah whereas in the community once you clock off you're back to it the following morning yeah and it's right there waiting for you so (laughs) and I I just don't know whether like our managers and team leaders are really recognizing the amount of stress and strain it's putting on us I don't want to call it I don't want to call us the little people but but the people on the shop floor yeah yeah but what frustrates me is that managers you were on the shop floor you started there Mm -hmm. so how have you easily forgotten and especially when a, a somebody in a high position has risen from the ranks, you should be championing the shop floor. You should be making sure that they are equipped and able mm-hmm. to give it the service that they want. Because yeah. if you want people to engage with us, we need to be able to deliver. Exactly. And but from what much- I've found... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. No, 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 go on, go on. So from what I found, like as you all know, I started school nursing in November. And the the amount of like safeguarding um, meetings that we have to attend, I spend more time right now behind a computer screen than I do being in school seeing kids. Mm. Whereas that's where my passion lies. And that's what I thought school nursing would be. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying the job because I understand these things come with the role. But to this magnitude, how yeah. it, one, how is it safe? Yeah. How are we actually helping these young people children adults whoever and their families I'm not going to generalize because I think this has probably happened in all community services adults peds all of them yeah mental health all the different sectors 
how are we helping our, our patients, clients, service users, X, Y, Z? How are we helping them when we're struggling with our own caseloads? Mm. We can't help them. How, like Diane said, we pride ourselves on having one of the world's best healthcare. How can we if we can't carry out certain assessments within timeframes? And then yeah. people are coming down to talk to me about why it's not done. I don't have mm. the capacity to do so. Yes, you tell me to escalate. I've escalated. What's happened? Nothing. This is it. And what frustrates me the most is we focus on the vulnerable children and the children who are at risk. But the universal children, the children that have are thriving and living in healthy, happy homes, they also need the service. Yeah. But mm-hmm, because yeah. they're fine, they're ignored. And anyone in the community... I would love to hear what you think because to me that's how it looks you go you visit them you assess you are very happy they're fine mm-hmm. parents have capacity they know what they're doing the child is growing well they're being nurtured they're putting on weight they're meeting the developmental milestones goodbye like I don't really have to see you now because you're yeah. fine but yeah, it, yeah everybody should have that care you know but we don't we have to focus on we have to pick and choose who we actually focus on. That's reality. Yeah. And like Clarissa, how does it fare in like sexual health? Because I know as we've seen within COVID, like there's a lot of places that have closed down. Like they're probably reopening now, but we saw like there was a lot of closures. People didn't know where to go. But in terms of funding, how has sexual health found it? Because I definitely believe it's a service that is definitely needed for all ages. But because oh yeah go no ahead. no go on no 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 go ahead go ahead um but the services just aren't reached and I don't think they're I don't want to say stretched enough because I think we're all working very hard but we're not achieving what we want to be achieving by no, educating and and health promotion in these areas no at all I mean I know in sexual health so from when I started um I was told they cut funding in sex education in schools and schools now have to pay to receive sexual education. And I found that a bit bizarre because sex education is an essential topic. You yeah. know, you know, youngsters have to know about sex, sexual education. I just can't believe that schools have to pay for it. Schools already have limited funding for their mm-hmm. own curriculum for their own pupils and for the teachers, let alone having to pay for external courses and topics that should be funded already. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just going to have a backlash. You know, I think my clinic only covers two schools because those are the only two schools um, that can actually provide for the topic, that can pay for it. I think that's such a shame because just like you said, these are services that are really needed in schools. Like the UK has one of the highest teenage pregnancy rates. And it's, I get, yeah. I totally understand like sex, sexual health is not just about um, teenage pregnancies, but all of the things that come into it, because you probably also meet a lot of adults that haven't got a clue what's yes. going on sexually, which to me is very no scary and makes them even more vulnerable. Yeah. Like, think of the first time you went to a sexual health clinic. How old were you? I was 17. And I remember mm. it, like, I know tomorrow, I went to go and get the emergency contraception. And I was shit. I was really scared. I was yeah. scared. I thought I was going to get pregnant. I was really scared. But at least I knew where to, where, go. To, where to go. But you know what, saying that, I didn't know where to go because of the sexual health education we had. I knew where to go from one of the other pupils this is it and this is the thing though because if we're gonna promote safe sex if we're gonna promote healthy behaviors you need to start from the very beginning you should normalize you should normalize taking tools into the sexual health clinic the same way you go to the the doctor or you go to A&E or you go Mm -hmm. to the supermarket for food (laughs) right it should be the same knowledge it should be the same aspect of this is a clinic this is what happens here if this happens you go here if you need advice, you can come here. This is it. But we're not equipping our young people with the right tools. And then we're wondering why they're doing what they do. Yeah. And, and you know, you do get a lot of adults without that sexual health knowledge. And 
there's a lot of stigma around sexual health anyway and we want yeah. to break that stigma but yeah it's it starts with health promotion and health education and obviously the, you know it's just been cut mm-hmm. which is a For shame because like just like how you're saying you your service only covers two schools I found out well I don't know maybe people knew this already but because I was new to school health completely that schools had to buy into the services so we have many schools in our borough that haven't bought into a service but we but we still provide them with like safeguarding stuff because what do you mean is... buy into the service so for example like the school nursing package goes to like the commissioners they charge the schools however certain schools if they think it's too expensive they can either hire their own nurse but that nurse I don't know who's like keeping tabs of them and checking what they're doing or anything like that or they could buy into the, the school, like the borough-wide school health service. No way. Yeah. I thought that was just included. What, no. Really? Yep. No, that, that is mad. That is, wow. So you find That's this. shocking. So like I've spoken to like quite a few teachers who have openly said their school doesn't have a school nurse. Whereas to me, like I genuinely believe every school should have a school nurse. Just like the yeah. same way in community settings, everyone has a right to receive that sort of care. Obviously, if we're going into more complex stuff, it depends on the packages of care and X, Y, Z, but we're not talking about that. But in terms of actual funding, I don't think schools should have to, I don't think schools or many services should have to pay into this. But then this is also what the Tory government has done to us. It's crippled things so much that we have to find ways to make money to be able to, you know, stay afloat. I'm still so shocked. I'm actually just still shocked. Like, I'm literally sitting here wide-eyed thinking, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I just, it, It's just ridiculous how schools are really limiting their services, but not out of choice. Mm. This is and, it. The, and the whole point of, of school, and school as in, because life is to me is like is school but yeah. school generally is to educate and you're missing out a vital part of these children's education and they're going to seek out the answers elsewhere they're mm-hmm. going to go to instagram they're going to go to their friends going to see what's on tv you know they don't yeah they don't even have youth clubs anymore where they can yeah. talk to each other exactly and and again, this all comes down to funding. Like these are services, and I'm not even going to say like it's just health, but community services that are needed for communities to thrive and succeed. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure about you two, but like when I was younger, my mum would make sure we attended community things. So you met other people, you were yeah. able to socialize and do other things, which I think is a great thing. But I guess whenever we have kids, those things won't exist there'll yes. be a fi- there'll be a, f- a fiction of the imagination is that the same yeah no, I think so but also I feel like with when we have children we'll have to look for these things and pay out a lot for the for them to experience yeah. these things they won't just be on our doorstep we'll have to search for that activity for that group we we'll have you know it won't be that oh the local community center is doing mm-hmm. play and stay or they're doing six to nine club or that stuff that you that was the norm now aren't the norm you know and that's all that socialization that our children are missing out on mm-hmm. those communication skills that streetwise element of things exactly just a community the community well-being has just been literally just flushed down the toilet yeah it's yeah, crazy and it's just such a shame that this is all down to funding but then even including funding yes that um, people have to buy into services but then even look at like staffing so like I was talking to Clarissa about like my current team staffing and it, there is literally and there is literally like half of the team I started with can you imagine people are burning out people are tired but you know we're still going to work you and use you mm. and make sure we <laughs> should achieve our targets which and that's the figures Tell us the figures. You're one nurse for how many students? Or, I mean, so, how many are with safeguarding? It's mad. Yeah, so in 
in my trust, our roles are split. So you have a mainstream school nurse and a safeguarding school nurse. So we all each have nine, between nine and 11 schools. However, depending on how many safeguarding cases there are in your school, would, no, sorry, let me start again. So because you've got between nine to 11 schools, for example, say you've got a big school that has like 1,200 kids in it. If half of those kids are on a safeguarding register, you have to see ideally 600 kids. Wow. Obviously, it's unrealistic. Case, but how, a... how are you supposed to carry out your tasks? For example, you're supposed to see children termly who are on safeguarding plans. Do you think I've done that? I'm literally out in myself out here, but when you look at the magnitude of things, how do you expect people to do this stuff? Yeah. When you don't, when you've got inconsistent funding, you don't get the support, you're attending all these meetings, and you don't have the time to do your write ups. And you know what makes me upset is that management look at what you haven't done. Yeah. And they're very quick to point out a mistake or pick up on that was missed or it's an emergency but then they don't look at the magnitude of what you're faced you know I would love to give that case one-on-one attention but mm-hmm. I can't because I have 300 other kids who also need my time literally you know, I can't win you can't and it's a shame it's a big shame because you pride yourself in the job you do and the job you carry out but you can't deliver the care that you'd want to no and that's for all angles and that's not again i'm not just talking about health i'm talking about all community settings yeah we do all the community settings that we're that we're talking about and discussing about in terms of funding or government funding those people work hard to for what they do and it's a shame they can't do it to the best of their ability because funding has cut that unless you're going to give it your own time which my pay is not going up. That's it. So and why should I? Like it's talking about burnout. That's it. And talking about pay not going up. This is like the introduction of the whole nurse and associates thing. Now, a lot of people say it's a positive thing and it's really, really good. But those of us who I'd say we're not veterans in nursing, but we're we're well and truly oiled in the business now. Mm. Is to me, this is a cut and shop job. Like you're you're bringing in half nurses and I don't want to offend anyone who's a nurse and associate but they are give, being given responsibility that really and truly they could have been nurses and been and had more had more responsibility and taken more accountability for things you know mm-hmm. we're, we're we're telling people on Matt Hancock's house people we've employed all these nurses where are they yeah where are they this is it like you just know? in our teams like the three of us just in our teams alone, you can see the departments that people are flocking out of. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Like, I'm on a help visiting forum, and it's kind of, it's very interesting because for somebody who's now about to qualify and go into the industry, shall I say, or the specialism, that there's, for every one of me joining, there's two of me leaving. Imagine. Gosh. This and is what I mean. It's, it's like, what was the point of you doing the course? You read people's stuff and people just sound just horrified. Just And even today, I had a talk with my mentor and she said that, you know, the retention of newly qualified is not good. No. Because after six, seven months, this, uh, you've got one vulnerable child today and you can have 10 of those kids. Or more. Or more. And you've got to attend all those meetings and do all the things necessary. Right. What time are you going to have to see your universal kids? Exactly. And, and that also needs to get done. I think the burnout figures for newly qualifieds are higher than those that have been in nursing for about 15, 20 years anyway. And that's just due to, due to the demand and yeah. patient and um, nursing ratio. It's, it's, not, it's, it's just not realistic. It's not feasible. It's not anything. No, I definitely agree because I think for, say, like us, as in where we are in our careers... Yeah. We've worked very hard to get there. And I'm not downplaying any nurses that have been nurses for yonks. Like, hats off to you guys. But 
I think I don't want to say we were kind of sold a dream because that's not the case but our ideas of nursing and what and especially just the way we live our lives we strive for success if and you're not going to stay somewhere you're not happy whereas I find a lot more older nurses are willing to stay because they're like oh you know it suits my hours I'm just going to take it I can do x y and z alongside my normal day-to-day tasks but that shouldn't be the case yeah I think we should all be fighting for the same thing like if half your younger team are burning out where is management and where are they saying why are they burning out what's happening is there something that we're missing how can we help them but what can they really do I'm not I don't know the roles of management and I'm just playing devil to advocate but what can they really do I don't know what I don't know how much power they have to be honest no I totally agree with you because we just don't know because you know how we're always quick to say like you know seniors and managers should remember what it's like to be on shop floor and when I say shop floor I mean like just being frontline staff yeah however I I can understand that they've got their own things that they need to do yeah but where is that connection because I feel like it's a big jump for example going from band six to band seven in whatever field I think it's a big jump and Mm. unless I'm ready to make it I don't see what I don't see the difference no that's not what I'm trying to say sorry what I'm trying to say is like in terms of management yes you can train a six up to do that management but sevens and above you're strictly more so management than clinical yeah and strategic planning and things like that unless you know they were more transparent with that which I don't think they would ever be no but what where do we go from here I think this leads to privatization you know but this is what the Tory government wanted which is sad that it's probably gonna happen but let me put this if we were privatized during the height of the big C, we'd have more deaths on our hands oh for sure oh god yeah can you imagine being told well you know the bed costs a thousand and something and then the needle costs 50 pound and the nurse for the night costs one thousand something, and then the consultant care on top oh yeah and the medication and the scan and the turning of you and the oxygen who's gonna have that sort of money no one and i can't lie to you if i was the government I would be thinking of how they're going to save the NHS and avoid privatization. Because if this happens in another 200 years, this pandemic business, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? What will they have left behind for our children and our children's children to deal with? We'll be screwed. We'll be so screwed. Like last year alone was hard enough to the fact that they were beginning to consider using like private places for treatments and stuff like this. The fact they had to build a, a nightingale should show okay. is enough to show you that wow, we don't even have enough hospitals to house sick people. This That's scary. It. But if they privatize it, people won't be there because, especially when you look at places all over the world who have private health care, yes, that some of their numbers may not have been loads, but that's because people can't afford it and mm. people just die at home or something like that. And yeah. that's, a, that's an even bigger shame. I think America, the, the numbers were quite bad in America, weren't they? They were, but I can't lie. When it comes to the States, they do their own BS. <laughs> what do you mean? As in, at that time, they had Trump. Trump was also, what was he? He was saying that he should inject antibacterial stuff into his veins and watch him survive it and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. I just think funny. they're... I don't want to say backwards and that's not everyone in the states I just think in terms of their numbers yes they were high but then my thing was look at the size of the UK yeah look at the size of the states yes their numbers were high to us because we're a tiny little island yeah compared to them whereas some of their states are bigger than the UK completely yeah 
can't really compare them, can you? Not no. really. Which is why I find it difficult when they talk about numbers and comparing countries because you can't compare them. Because mm-hmm, yeah. everywhere is pretty much bigger than us. Yeah, we're small. So yeah, our numbers are quite high in regards to the property. Um, not, but yeah, in regards to the population density, then. Mm-hmm. And also, like talking about numbers as well, and our funding, all the like everything, is we have an influx of people. People still want to come to this country. I don't know and, why. And, and and we still have people being children being born. All that, like, there's more people than they are asked to give the service. And then what happens then? Do you think we will end up being privatised? I think it's a high possibility. If this government continue the way they do and remain in power, yeah. Which I think is a shame. But then, do you think that's better for us then as nurses? No, because if they privatise us, then different trusts and different places will choose how much they pay you. Don't get me wrong, it will be competitive, which if you're on that competitive salary is great yeah but then they will also be able to dictate like your things like your pension your maternity annual leave annual leave because like look if we look at to the states yeah they barely have any annual leave they literally get like two weeks a year mm. whereas we get you know depending on how long you've been qualified for we get like what 25 days 29 days 33 days plus your bank holidays depending on what yeah. you do that's true Great. Yeah. and maternity leave is much better as well exactly like if you look at maternity leave in the states you have to lose use your annual leave you're paid six days and a few others for your maternity leave it's just a catch 22 yeah. all over isn't it yeah but I think this is where we have to somewhat think wisely about when it comes to the next government we pick and how it's truly going to help us. Because if we're honest, even going back to Brexit days, there yeah. was loads of people that were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote yes to Brexit because we're going to make the UK great again, all that jazz. Are you now not the people that are complaining that people aren't buying your stuff from abroad because yeah, taxes are too high or things are too expensive? Yeah, well, companies are going to different countries now because of the tax. You know? Exactly. So that's your own fault. Yeah. But oh, I guess... We've got this... a lot more to see with Brexit as well. That's going to really, really affect the our economy and everything. Definitely. A part of me also feels like us here in the UK, we're also quite stupid. I probably shouldn't say this. (laughs) But no, in terms of like, we get sold a dream, we take it and we're like, yeah, things are going to be great. X, Y, Z. It happens. Look. Do you get what I mean? Like, the main thing is Brexit. Or even down to like, Boris saying that we can go on holiday. Now he's moved the one place we could go, Portugal, to the Ambulist. What are you guys saying now? Yeah, legit. It's just... I think it's just sad because we actually can't physically do anything about it. And, I mean, I'm happy we're able to protest. I'm happy we're able to do whatever. But what is it going to get... What's going to change? I think it's the mindset and also if if we're thinking big it's getting younger people to actually take take a look at politics yeah Um, because what's affecting us now is this current situation whereas there were a lot of young people that were like yeah I'm not voting one because I don't understand it and two I don't care but if anything it's had a detrimental effect to our generation yeah yeah talking about um youth and everything so there was a um a a netflix not netflix sorry an instagram post and there were two say i say they're in their mid-20s and there were two mid-20s people talking about should there be more youth clubs and more stop and searches 
And it was 50-50. Mm. It was 50-50 because one point, one person was saying, even if we have more youth clubs now mm. and have the funding returned for it, how do we not know? Would they not bring in just knives into these youth centres? But then even if they do, there's a lot of these places that will also host like knife am- knives amnesties that they could drop. If they've got weapons and stuff, they can drop them off and they won't be charged with carrying an offensive weapon or things like that. So yeah. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, because the world we live in, when you look at that side, you're looking at county lines, people trying to protect themselves from whatever's happening on road. But if they don't feel protected and don't have a safe place to go, why wouldn't they carry? I'm not trying to justify. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um, If they don't feel if they don't feel safe on road, why wouldn't they carry? Yeah, the problem is, is that how do we, how do we, let's say us in health, mm-hmm. how do we support our communities to draw these kids out of that life and show them a different way? If I'm honest, I think it's also being approachable and trying to get these young people to understand where we're coming from. Mm. In terms of, this also might be down to having, you know, younger nurses or younger healthcare professionals however you can get some older ones that are amazing at talking to young people and they get on like a house on fire Mm. so I think it's really how we communicate that relatability yeah and not seeing it as us versus them no but as in we are all together going Mm. through those situations do you get where I'm coming from yeah yeah because otherwise people won't open up to you because even like there's conversations I've had with young people in schools privately and they'll open up to me more because of like the way I may talk to them or the conversations we have rather than other nurses I've been out with on visits and things and that's just because of the conversations we've had like relating to them and being able to somehow understand them They just want to, they they want to feel understood. Yeah. And I feel like with most youngsters, because of that age barrier, they probably think, okay, they're a nurse, they're a professional, they're not going to want to understand or see where I'm coming from. Yeah. So it is up to us to break that down and to show them that we can understand what they're going through. And like you said, it has, you have to be approachable yeah Diane I'm not sure if you remember when we had Anna and Helen on from your stance and like for example like carrying out the sessions that they were doing as it was being completed by healthcare professionals it was breaking down the barrier because you could have you as a volunteer could have that one-on-one conversation with that young person and I think it's it's that being like mainly being able to communicate and not judge because I think people always think that you know we're always turning up our noses up at people but if you're able to communicate and get people to resonate with you Mm. it works well in our favors and I think Mm. that will work well within all community all community settings not just with children and young people but also adults because there's probably a lot of adults that think that we judge them because they need our care whereas that's not the case because we all need care exactly but then if you've built a good rapport and you can have a good conversation they may not seem they may not think that you see them as a hindrance not that they are a hindrance at all but they'll be more likely to use the service definitely but yeah I think there's a lot of change that needs to happen um I can only hope and pray that they would re-look at funding and try and pump things into the sectors that need it the most because our society is dying not just physically but it is dying and we need to somehow bring it back together yeah I agree and we need our healthcare our healthcare health is wealth yeah exactly and as we've talked about look how many things we have we've drawn from Mm-hmm. in different yeah. ways did you get what I mean yeah, yeah we started um, at health as, as the cornerstone of it all 
honestly there's so many things that we could do and a lack of funding really makes things very difficult which is a big shame so I can only hope and pray that something comes out of this and that at the next elections a lot more young people come out go vote for what they believe in vote Labour guys (laughs) 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 but yes that's all that's all I really have to say on the topic I think I could go on about this forever and probably the same with you guys but we need to somehow not necessarily us but we need to see somehow how funding can be increased with all these services because people work it the people holding the backbone of these services are really struggling Mm. yes yeah definitely so guys if you have any tips tricks any ways we can somehow help our amazing government in terms of funding since they say they haven't got the money but they've got money to build a random boat yeah why not share it let's see if we can get boris on board and see if we can have some changes made (laughs) can't believe this boat i can't believe it i'm still in shock there's not even much else i can say on the boat i just like i give up if that's where they want to spend our finances 200 million guys 200 million but yeah you know they can't increase nurses wages from one percent and you're going to take community funding to build a random boat clap for yourselves (laughs) (laughs) literally literally but yes, guys, if you have if you if you have anything you want to share on a topic or anything like that, please hit us up as always at the Nursing Handover Podcast on Instagram or hit us up personally. For me, it's Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's. Or for Clarissa, it's at Clarissa Ferrara. And for Diane, it's DD Lutz with a Z at the end. And if you okay. have Twitter, feel free to hit us up. We are trying to increase our Twitter following. So follow us and spread the word that you know you've got your favorite girls on a podcast talking about nursing stuff then relate it back you don't even have to be a nurse to listen to it you might just enjoy listening to our voices so if that's the case keep (laughs) sharing it like share subscribe all that jazz and we'll be back next week with another episode lovely stuff Mm -hmm. take care guys Bye. bye bye